Welcome to the No New Friends Podcast, the podcast for adults who love to laugh at adulting. This is a bonus episode where we play the entire interview with Justin and Omar from Viva Capital Management. We find out what Mary does for a living, well, kind of, and also all about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this bonus episode of the No New Friends Podcast. And now it's time for the No New Friends Podcast with Scott, Mary, and Chris. Come on at 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. That's right. You're listening to the No New Friends Podcast, voted number one by our friends and family. We are the podcast for adults who like to laugh at adulting. Please connect with us. All of our links are in the show notes, the episode description. That's that link tree link in that episode description. And then also we have new merchandise out and the link is right there as well. Really cool shirts, hats, masks, hoodies, coffee mugs, you name it, we've got it. Uh, We're still working on the Mary merch, but we've got merchandise. My name is Scott, I am the host and with me, as always, the star of the show, the queen of the sun rail, Mary. Mary. And our producer, the scumbag reselling hoarder himself, Chris. I see dead people. And that is obviously from Six Sense. Is it because my name is Ghost Mary? Yeah, you get you that, got the connection. You see me specifically? Yeah. yeah. I just like yeah. to be seen. Chris, thank you for seeing me. Oh, no problem, Mary. like to feel seen. So yeah. with us tonight, we've got some very special guests because if you're new to this show or if you've heard it before, Mary is our own version of Barney Stinson. Okay. We have no idea what she does for work. And anytime we ask, she explains it and we're like, what? So we brought... We brought some people who can help. We brought in the experts. We brought in the experts (laughs) on what Mary does from Viva Capital Management. We've got Justin and Omar. How are you guys doing tonight? Yeah, guys. Thanks for having us. Of course. So to start things off, because we've got a lot to talk about because you guys handle cryptocurrency and I want to find out what you do. And then I also want to understand cryptocurrency a little bit more. But first, help us understand what Mary does. What what does Mary do for you? Mary makes Makes everything work. Mary makes everything run. Wow. <laughs> Pretty much. So she's a, she's a bit of a, um, um, what do you call those spies that don't tell you much, but then you find out and you're like, whoa, I didn't realize it was that much. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's, that's crazy. So uh, when no, she look, takes we, a day off, your plants die and, and, and the toys much, aren't arranged much. properly. You know, we're, when we're messaging online and she's like, I'm not home. I have to make several phone calls. I'm like, Mary's not in today. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Very guys. True. But have I don't know if you noticed, but everyone still is like, we're not sure. We're just going to use a lot of words. Um, yeah. <laughs> She shows up at the office and we know that yeah, <laughs> she's yeah, very yeah. happy to ride the train. She was excited about that when yeah. she found out where we were. So that's all we know about Mary is that she rides the sun rail. And I don't know if she shares the stories with you guys, but we're concerned that she's not even uh, with us as a live human being anymore. She is appearing to us as a ghost because of all the run ins with the uh, the train running her over and people running back and forth on the train and ghost trains and all that good stuff. We, we don't know. Yeah, it- it doesn't seem very reliable, to be quite honest. I mean, there's enough times where she's sitting there like, I had to take my car. I'm like, well, then what was the point of the train? Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm, I, I'm a big train hater. Sorry, Jared. I'm going to get some looks from Jared. My fiance always was to take, take the train into Philly. And Philly's 15 minutes driving from us. So we get, the, we get to the train. It takes 15 minutes to get in. Then at the end of the night, we have to wait 45 minutes for the train. 
to come for a 15 minute ride home. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a big train hater as well. That's Philly trains though, Chris. Yeah, the, the, no, we've see, talked about this. Is, the trains here are different. Yeah. My setup is nice. And I'm telling you, like I said, I put my earbuds in to pretend like I'm listening to something, but I'm really just listening to everyone else's conversations and judging them. Chris, and it's the, fantastic. The trains here are a luxury experience or a haunted train, you know, okay, one, of look, the, one of the two. <laughs> I wouldn't go luxury experience. Um, I don't know if we're going to do a stories from the Sunrail segment tonight. Um, if you are going to do that in the future, something that would be fun is to do that test where you hold a book in your lap with a really awkward title so that people yes. can see what you're reading. That would <laughs> yes. be a lot of fun. That would I'll be do fantastic. that tonight. Yeah, like, I, I have can, plenty of books with awkward yeah, just, titles. Just cover I mean, me. I, oh, you should totally do that. That would be fantastic. Yes, um, I'm going to need video for yes. YouTube content, please. Yes, yes. That All right, would be so, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So, Justin and Omar, kind of tell us a little bit about what you do, and then I have a ton of questions. And if you're watching on Facebook Live and you have some questions, please message them in, and Chris will kind of jump in there. So, kind of give me the general synopsis of what you guys do. Uh, we're we're a full service cryptocurrency firm, so we help our clients basically acquire. Uh, cryptocurrencies, we manage their assets and, uh, you know, basically help them grow. So very much similar to what you're used to in traditional finance markets with like a uh, financial planner or um, a Fidelity, Ameritrade, that type of thing. Uh, we're doing the exact same thing. The only difference is it's in cryptocurrency, not traditional markets. Do you guys handle more of the the legal aspect or like the financial advising aspect of it? We kind of handle a little bit of everything in this, in terms of we do help them. We have... Um, in-house legal team that helps with um, different aspects of, you know, the legalities that, that are around cryptocurrency, as well as really kind of taking them from uh, A to Z in a journey. Uh, usually clients come to us because they have uh, issues already. They're in cryptocurrency. They owe a lot of tax. They're trying to mitigate that tax as much as possible. Clients come to us in different stages. Um, so we're there to help them in, in very various ways. We do a lot of uh, a lot of our financial investments are through traditional stocks, mutual funds, and and we use Raymond James is is our. I, and again, I'm the idiot of the house. Like it's it's really nice having my wife around because she's the handyman. It's nice having a man around the house, and also I don't know anything, so I'm going to use some terms and say some things that I'm probably wrong on. But I we love use, that. I'm pretty sure you have like notes, or she's holding up cue cue cards. Is that what's happening? <laughs> well, she was supposed to text me. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Rachel. I miss you. Like, what is happening? She was supposed to text me and all that, but you know, whatever. Where did you put the peanut butter? I don't know. Not right now. <laughs> so we use Raymond James. Raymond James is who we use for all of our, would you be like the equivalent of a Raymond James in the, in the cryptocurrency world? Yeah, potentially. Um, but uh, there's a little bit of, there's a couple of fundamental differences that kind of come in before that element, which is really around the belief around crypto. And, you know, we were talking before about, you know, whether people believe it or not. Um, there's, a, there's a huge philosophical difference with people who are in the, the crypto market versus those who are not in the crypto market. And usually that's the first thing that needs to be covered. Then once people are on the same values or belief, then when it comes to service, sure, there's managed accounts, there's everything exists out there that's the same, you know, tax, advisory, um, uh, portfolio management, all the same stuff is there. Gotcha. So I'm one of those non-believers. You know, I, I, I want to be honest and, and I want I, I want to kind of understand a little bit more about this cryptocurrency. I mean, is it's the newest fad out there. I don't want to say fad. It's the newest thing out there. Uh, it's, it's the, it's the 2021 version of the pet rock, if you will. Um, but people are making That's a ton of the worst comparison. I well, think that, ever heard. also a little bit of sarcasm, but okay. So 
with with traditional stocks, you know, I can kind of see market trends and kind of see what's what's going well, what's doing well. Uh, when there's a global pandemic coming in, I know to move my stuff out of hospitality and into Amazon. What what is the backing with Bitcoin or or different cryptocurrencies? What what backs it? What is is there any type of predictive um, mentality that you can have with the cryptocurrency? Yeah, there is. There's definitely different models on how it's valued and whatnot. But you know, before jumping into you know the answer to that, usually the better question to start with is having an understanding of what actually is money. You know, because that's when you you get into more of the the actual conversation around a currency or, you know, units of value, you know, so for example, if you're saying you're in the, in the stock market right now, what are you actually owning? You know, you're owning digits on a screen that represent shares in a, in something called the United States dollar that is backed by well, nothing at this point. So effectively you're, you're, you're supporting a company that earns, you know, revenue in a, in a currency that is make-believe. So that's, that's like one form of the side of it, but then you can look at like the crypto side of it. <clears throat> you can, there's definitely a lot of scams and stuff out there in crypto, but it, it, it's kind of like looking at projects and how do you value, you know, an ecosystem. Bitcoin, for example, is purely, uh, and most cryptocurrencies are not valued in like a, a discount cash flow or the company's worth $10 billion because it made X revenue. They're valued in what's called like the network effect. Um, that's like how Facebook grew. The more people that used it, the more value it became. And I don't know if you remember back in the day, was it like 90s or whatever when Sony, uh, it was like Sony versus Betamax kind of thing. Um, they, they had like, a, uh, one of them had the better quality product, but Sony failed at it, you know, and it's not all, the best product doesn't always win. It's the adoption and who's using it. And that's a good case of what's happening with cryptocurrency at the moment. Bitcoin has a lot of merits to it and we can go into the nerdy stuff if you want, but it really comes down to the value of it comes down to are people using it? Uh, and if people are and they're consistently using it, then that's where the value of interchange comes from uh, uh, in, in that regard. So, it, it, you know, it, it's quite a big topic. So it depends where you want to go. It really is. Yeah. And that's the thing is I don't even know the right questions to ask. I mean, my, my wife gave me kind of a list, but I don't even know that they're the introductory questions. So um, how, about, how about this? Cryptocurrencies, it's kind of a shouldn't be named that they're not currencies mm -hmm. a lot of coins are used for specific purposes for instance uh, we have coins that create smart contracts so for instance a good use case that you will see this happening in the future i will be able to sell property to you and i will be able to put it on blockchain an immutable ledger seen across the entire network i don't need a title company because it'll be held on blockchain and people will be able to see it so for instance that token or that coin that handles that has nothing to do with currency. Okay. So think of think of the think of the 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 different coins that are out there as I guess stocks in a way, but like they're there for different use cases, not necessarily currencies. Bitcoin was created to be a currency, but like um Polkadot is not not meant to be traded as currency, not meant for me to go to Starbucks and use. It's meant for very different reasons. So you have what they call NFTs. Those are ones that are designed around tangible products like this microphone or something like that. And I want to digitize it. You would create an NFT around that and that could be sold. There's literally been NFTs of like artwork sold for hundreds of millions of dollars. And there's auctions. There's literally an auction at Christie's for mm -hmm. NFTs where they're literally bidding into the hundreds of millions of dollars for these digital forms of artwork. So mm -hmm. I would say it's, they call it cryptocurrencies, but not everything is used as a currency. Actually far fewer are used for currencies as they are for 
actual um, uses in the world besides like money transfer. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Probably, a, probably a real simple way to understand like the best, most productive use now is that a, a cryptocurrency is a digitized or tokenized, you know, ledger or bookkeeping of something that has value. It could be, you know, it could be a company, you know, in the future, it might be a piece of artwork that's split up into a million pieces and each person has a little bit of it. It could be a song, you know, like Jay-Z and all, all the, you know, all these big artists are going into um, crypto to create tokens behind their music and their companies, all this kind of stuff, because it gives people a vehicle to directly engage with their audiences without all the middlemen. The key thing that makes it work though, and this is where the crypto element comes in, is it's immutable. The, 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 uh, what all that means is it's like a ledger, a giant ledger in, in the you know, ether, ether web kind of thing that cannot be changed. You know, that's what blockchain does. It has one timestamp um, and because there's a network of many, many nodes in the network, it's impossible to change the past history of that ledger unless you know you coordinate like entire world's electricity at the one time to kind of do it. And that's why it's really exciting because you know practical use stuff in the future means <clears throat> we're not too far away from if you want to get a home loan and get a mortgage by house, you log onto your phone and 10 minutes later you got a mortgage. No bank, no lawyer or attorney, no broker, no nothing. You save all of the middleman fee, damn, bam, done, house bought, perfect, smart contract done. Now and in that example. Like that. In that example, do I have to be invested into a cryptocurrency or is that just what you're saying is that's just how things are going to be done in the future is using this? Yeah. So, so for example, if you take uh, like your, your experience with the stocks, right, you might have a project or a company. I really um, like to use that phrase very loosely. My experiences with the stocks again, <laughs> I have okay. no money. My, my <laughs> wife has money. I have no money. <laughs> So if your wife is invested in the stock market, <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Can we just get yeah. Rachel on the show? Where is yeah, she? Exactly. I, I tried. I tried. <laughs> no. But look, if you keep it really simple, all you're doing is you're trying a, a cryptocurrency is basically it launches like an IPO, like a stock does, but it has a particular use case for a project, a reason for the project to exist. Now, this is where back in the day, there was lots of cowboys and scams because people are like, oh, new one. Let's just jump into it. Internet boom, whatever. And then they lose all their money because it's just a bunch of fraudsters raising money and not delivering anything. But when you look at an actual project and the ones that are delivering something legitimate, you might be backing like there's there's projects out there that you look at the financial system at the moment that the the last um, uh, sector in, in, in the world that has not yet been innovated or disrupted is financial, banking, insurance, all this kind of stuff. We're literally using the same banking methodologies for since 1913 and then you know from uh, 1980s and beyond has never been innovated since the swiss system came out and whatnot well, now instance, you've got crypto I, I could send you scott a billion dollars right now you know how much that would cost me to send you a billion and by the way that would take me about five minutes to send you a couple dollars okay and I could send you a billion dollars can we hook that up right now where i don't have money <laughs> but, but, but the point being is i have in the power of my hand more power than all the gold you have stored somewhere. Do you know how expensive it is to move gold? You have Very. to have security. You have to have sure. vaults. You have to, I can literally with the touch of a button transfer that money how I see fit. I have borderless. It's not controlled by a government. So no one can stop me from doing it. Literally, it's just the network. So I'm working with other people. And I think I told you before the show, like, I myself was not a believer and, you know, I kind of saw the run up in 2017. And, and really my belief behind that was, I don't see enough institutional players in the game. Once I started seeing, you know, big money 
uh, come into the picture, that's when you start to take notice. The opportunities are always there when a lot of people aren't looking. You're going to look at this in 10 years ago. Yeah, I needed to be on that. I wish I would have been 10 years ago. <laughs> right. And that's fine because there's those early adopters. But I'm telling you, there are companies out there putting billions of dollars. Literally, um, it's, it either Visa or MasterCard are settling their transactions on the Ethereum blockchain now. Wow. If you have, if you have a Visa that. credit card, you're already supporting crypto. So whether you, you don't, don't believe know it or not, you, you just, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That was, you know, Justin, you brought up something that I, I wanted to ask about. Sure. I, you know, I very casually got into Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Uh, I, I don't even know if I'm saying them right. Back you got in into it casually. Yeah, I got I, into it casually. Like, you know, what I, is this? A, are you like dating? What is, yeah, is this? Casual? I know. It's I decided like, to swipe right. I don't know. Like, I, I put in a total of like 80 bucks. And, I and took it out for a drink. <laughs> yeah, I took it out for a drink. <laughs> you know, I didn't call it later. Um, but <laughs> Not you. It's me. <laughs> yeah. You know, gave it all sorry, the natural ones. But I, I went through uh, Coinbase and and just someone someone that worked for me was like, oh, you've got to do this. And I was like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to do it. I, you know, it was trending up. That's what everybody was talking about. And then I just kind of watched everything just kind of go away. And then all of a sudden, within the last, I don't know, year it, it, or six months to a year, it's coming back. And, and that's all I hear about is Dogecoin and, and Bitcoin. And, and it's like, I thought this went away. What's the difference between now and, and back in like 2017, 2018? I think it was just the players in the market. Like I said before, these were the, the early stage adopters. These were the true innovators of what we see going forward now. And so I think it was just harder at the time to see large banks, large investment firms uh, wanting to put uh, allocations of their portfolios into it. I think once they saw that, like, for instance, in 2020, when we had these lockdowns and everything, um, Bitcoin also fell pretty dramatically, but it also rose pretty dramatically right after, I don't know, March or April. Right. And it really captured the attention of a lot of these major financial institutions because they're like, well, wait a second. You know, the, 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 basically, the economies of the world are kind of being you know, pushed down in a way. And you got this asset here. It just, just is running. And I mean, literally, if you were to have bought right when you know, the U.S. just went into a lockdown. I mean, I think Bitcoin dropped as low as like six or seven thousand dollars. Right. Right. And like the peak in 2017, 2018 was what, about sixteen thousand nineteen. OK, yeah, I think and it now was, it's up yes, to somewhere around there. like forty six thousand, I think, is is what I looked at. I can't, I've locked out of my damn Coinbase account because I actually have made some money. I like doubled my investment, uh, even though I still don't believe in the thing. I'm like, yeah, I doubled my investment. Wait, I can't wait, get to so it. you don't have your keys. You don't know how to I, get back into it. What are you talking? What's a key? I, I don't know what you're talking about. There's so many questions mining. And, and and I'm like, oh, do I need to go dig for Bitcoin? Are they hidden? Yes, like, is this like to do? Yeah. <laughs> it's so, really, so it, you, it, it, I was going to say, it's really interesting, you know, what, why people kind of get into it. And it's, you can get lost a lot of the time in the, in the minutia of like, is it going up? Is it down? Which one's a scam? Which one's not, you know, it's in a lot of people looking at charts and whatnot. But I think the way I like to understand it is really to get people to look at the big picture, which is coming back to that question of what is money. And, you know, here's a big question. Why is so much money going into crypto? Why? know what's happening in the world and a lot of it is because it just comes down to the structure of money like if you look at a fiat currency so the us dollar right now so the official inflation rate is five percent in the us at the moment the unofficial and more realistic value is around ten percent depending on which reports you look at now what does that actually mean without getting all boring what it means is your net worth your wife's net worth right now in five years 
will literally be half what it is today in purchasing power if you don't change anything. You're literally going broke, you know, by doing nothing in the United States dollar. Uh-huh. The question is, the question is, that is what people are seeing. They're like, well, where do we put our money? What do we do so we don't ruin our lives? You've seen Venezuela, you've seen Greece, you've seen all these other things that have happened right before our eyes and it happens every empire, you know, what, as, it, as it goes on. Throughout history, every several thousand years, every fiat currency that is in existence has a 100% guaranteed failure rate. Not one of them has lasted. And we're just, just doing the same thing over and over again. So all people are doing is going, well, I've got all this money. Where do I put it so that <clears throat> I can actually support my family in the years to come? Sure. And that's why they're flooding into the crypto market. You know, it's also it's- interesting, Scott, because I know people, they don't necessarily always understand just how big this is in the sense of, do you understand there are more people in the world without bank accounts than have bank accounts? Bank accounts are a privilege, not a right. Mm-hmm. So if you have a smartphone and you're sitting in Africa, you now, because of cryptocurrency, have access to worldwide markets and can do business anywhere in the world, anywhere. Wow. So what does that mean when Bitcoin hits an adoption rate of, let's say, I think we're only at a few percent right now. Let's say it goes to 20%. What do you think it's going to do to the price of it? Because Bitcoin itself is limited. It's a fixed supply where the US dollar gets printed, 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 printed. Uh, every stimulus bill that's passed, you should look at every stimulus bill getting passed. I just lost value out of my dollar because they're literally just printing it. They, they, you know, there is. It used to be backed by gold, and then in 1971, Nixon got rid of that, and we're now long, no longer on a uh, gold standard. So with that, that came inflation at a rapid rate. If we were to show you the chart of inflation and not tell you what it is, you're like, I need to get in that stock. Right. No, that's inflation. Right, right. <laughs> it huh. just keeps going and going and going. And um, I think so. It's really important to understand that it's not a U.S. thing. This is a global thing. And there's people around the world, El Salvador, first country that is now recognizing Bitcoin as a currency and giving each one of its citizens $30 in crypto or in Bitcoin so that then there's adoption. And what Omar was saying about network effect, the reason why it sticks around is once people start to see, I told you, I could send you a billion dollars in five minutes and it costs practically nothing. And you go, wow, well, I had to go to my bank. I got to fill out all this paperwork. I got to tell them why I want to do it. It's a nightmare. And and Mary can tell you because she helps us with the clients going through some of the banking process. But when it's crypto, she's like, oh yeah, just send it to the wallet address. Boom, you're done. (laughs) And it's like a night and day difference. (laughs) So this may answer a little bit of what I do for my job. I spent uh, the better part of the afternoon on the phone with one of our partners trying to work out the details of literally just getting funds from one bank to another because it was just that difficult. Whereas a few days ago, I walked a client through just moving things over the phone within 10 minutes. So yeah, that is the banking part is the bane of my existence, but uh, <laughs> I have a question about the, uh, so you have a billion dollars and you want to send over a billion dollars. I assume you're holding this billion dollars. If you don't, if you're not invested in crypto, you have it in a bank somewhere, or, you know? So if, I don't know, if the transfer of the billion dollars fails, it's backed by, it's insured. Who insures crypto? That if your crypto were to get lost, who insures that? Well, not everyone does. Yeah, it depends. It depends. So number one, it it comes down to taking self-responsibility. So the key is you need to do a test transfer every time you do a transfer. That's protocol number one. And you never do a full transfer unless you've done a test first. Mm -hmm. Because if the test works, then you know you're guaranteed for the the, um, 
for the full transfer. So just as a basic uh, process, always do send a couple of dollars. Once it's verified to go through, then you then you go and do it. If you do send money, uh, crypto to a bad address because you copied and pasted something wrong or you made a mistake, yeah, you're going to lose it because you need to do things correctly. Not, you know, there are risks involved with it. In regards to insurance, there are certain ways of getting things. You know, we have a portfolio that is 100% guaranteed, you know, uh, insured dollar for dollar because of this kind of stuff against hacking and and um, theft. You know, our security is so high and tight that we have the option to provide that for people. Whereas if you go out to a bank, like, uh, you know, so if you put if you put a million dollars with our custody, we it's insured dollar for dollar. If you put a million dollars into a bank right now, it's probably only insured up to 250 grand, I think it is. So actually the argument now is coming to be the other way around. Why is your bank not insuring your money when crypto is insured is probably a better question. And it wasn't always like that, but that's the state of the market now. It's kind of starting to change. Interesting. Super interesting. Chris, how- Oh yeah, because we we can insure the assets. So even if we were hacked, they could, if they were insured for one Bitcoin, they get one Bitcoin. Um, so it's come a long way. You have to understand what we do wouldn't have existed two years ago. That's how sure. fast the market's moving um, and adapting because people are starting to realize different ways to use things. It's not just a form of money. That's what I was explaining at the beginning of the show. I was like, there is a lot more involved in this. It'll, it, you know, in, in the future, it'll, it'll touch every person in every aspect of their life and they just won't know it because it's oh, not, it's have not you seen computer games? It's, it's, it's blockchain. Blockchain is the technology that is like the printing press of our time. It is literally going to transform everything because it's an immutable ledger that everyone can use for different reasons, all kinds of reasons. And it's decentralized. Not one person controls it. Not a government, not a bank. Nobody controls it. It's a consensus of we. That's people. actually Mary's job. She controls everything. <laughs> That's like, really, yes. Oh, are you weren't supposed to say it. Keep yeah. on guessing. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we've got uh, Justin Omar. Are you guys able to stick around another segment? Because I've got uh, I've got much sure. more. Awesome. You're listening to the New New Friends podcast. We'll be right back. What is it that you do here? Merchandising. 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 That's right. The No New Friends podcast now has merchandising. Please visit the merchandise link in our link tree. That's link, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash No New Friends podcast. Or you can go directly to T, that's T-E-E, public dot com slash user slash N-N-F. Get your No New Friends merchandise today. Hey guys, comedian James John, and you are listening to the No New Friends podcast. Welcome back to the No New Friends podcast with Scott, Mary, and Chris. Just a reminder, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please make sure you rate and review our show. That really helps us out with something. Uh, Mary's the marketing genius, so I'm sure she knows how that helps us out. But, you know, we just love the feedback, uh, but only positive feedback on Apple. Uh, if you want to send <laughs> if you want to send any negative feedback, uh, I'll give you Mary's email address later. Yeah. We're still joined by Omar and Justin from Viva Capital Management talking all about cryptocurrency and, and Bitcoin and, and whatnot. What is, what is your all's background? We'll start, uh, Justin, we'll start with you. What is your background and what kind of got you into this 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 field? Uh, I've been a business owner for many years, uh, owning many um, different businesses and actually different markets. 
And uh, I had actually met Omar. I mean, what do you think? Over a decade ago, probably more like 12 or 13 years. And it was, I was at a, a trading event and he was giving a presentation. I've been uh, like day trading for the better part of 10 to 15 years. And um, just doing that um, because I like doing it and was pretty good at it. And so Omar and I had met through those channels and um, kind of brought us to this point because uh, we had been traders for a long time. And if you guys ever, most people think of traders as those people that have all those screens in front of them. And right. that's what I did. So, okay. so you, you know, we always have a saying here at Viva, you know, traders work for their money. Investors have their money's work for them. Uh, and okay. so we had finally Ooh. realized we need to stop being uh, traders because that's a lot of work. Let's just be investors and work with investors. And so, uh, yeah, there's your little zinger. Um. That was good. That was good. You know, I really like this because I don't have to say a whole lot, but you guys are making me look like I'm super smart because I work here. I love this. Keep going. Keep talking. Oh, I Omar, can you're up. Mary, yeah. I can see it on your face. You, I, this is. I've never seen you happier than you are right now because you, <laughs> Chris and I are just being quiet and we're never just quiet. Never. So True. this is, this is like the best Mary day ever. Mary's so Omar, happy because we got the bar in the office. for her It now. is. Oh my goodness. You guys, they bought, you they bought me bar. a bar. I have a bar cart in my office. <laughs> so you have, you're allowed That's to have dangerous. desk whiskey. Oh, there's no whiskey yet. So right now I stocked it with two bottles of vodka. There's two bottles of champagne. There's a couple of reds. And then I have some sangria. Justin's you, face just got really uh, open. You know, is, is, is any big business going to be door, happening? Our next door neighbor kind of inspired her. She took a picture and sent it to us. And she's like, look at this guy's bar. And we're like, she's got bar envy. So we're like, all right, well, here you go. I did have bar envy. But listen, so today was the first day that the bar was actually like set up. I have like glassware in there now and like little cute mixers. I have a little ice container and a shaker. And our neighbors walked by and noticed it. And they like knocked. And they're like, so when's no. happy hour? Like, when are we? <laughs> really? I promise, yes. They're like, oh they saw God. it. Um, and funny. so we're hosting uh, old oh man. Maybe I shouldn't say this. So tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow was Wine Down Wednesday uh, in the building. So the building that we work in does event called Wine Down Wednesday. Everybody's meeting at our our office to pregame before Wine Down Wednesday, guys. So uh, fantastic. So we are recording party on Thursday. in the Viva office. <laughs> yeah, this is what happens when words. you give a marketer an alcohol cup. <laughs> it's working guys this was this was a bad idea gentlemen uh <laughs> it was but, but, brilliant but i know Sorry, how this more. i know how this played out because mary mary has worked for me before she has an idea in her head when she initially presents this idea it sounds absolutely ridiculous and you're like absolutely not under no circumstances but then she still ends up getting her way because she somehow makes it make sense and uh and you just end up giving in because she just keeps pushing 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 is that correct or or has she evolved it's inception that's what it is to give you this <laughs> idea and then and by the time by the time it becomes reality she's like yeah my precious you know, it's, it's like <laughs> i'm still waiting for my quota it's going to happen yeah, we're going to get exactly. two ice cubes. All right. How about that? Oh, I love that. That's a great idea. <laughs> for, for I'll settle for that. glasses. That would be perfect. <laughs> okay. What's your, your background? <laughs> yeah. What's your background? Because it's, it sounds like you have a financial background. Yeah. Look, uh, you know, get the. He's get like, the I actually used to be a stripper. Um, yeah. yeah. And well, was, I um, decided to invest. I don't that was know. Thunder that from down my, under. Uh, he was the guy on the way in the end. Exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I'm Australian if you can't tell. Lays over the fact that he's Australian and you're like the thunder (laughs) from town under. Exactly. That show was in Vegas. Damn. Um, Yeah, look, Australian, clearly, obviously, uh, from my accent, but I've got a bit of a mixed up background. I grew up in the bush in Australia, far north Queensland, kind of off grid. um, And just uh, it's very remote and rural where I was. Um, but you know, professionally, by the time I started working, I started out as a musician and then ended up in financial markets for many, many times and that uh, many years rather. And that ended up being managing hedge funds and algorithmic trading funds all around the world. So I lived in a lot of the offshore centers, Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, Malta, um, over here in the US uh, a while ago, and then progressed into having a, a, a marketing agency. I tr- kind of took my data knowledge and then owned a marketing agency and scaled a lot of big e-com brands online <clears throat> uh, around the world. And then further traveled and went to all these different countries, especially in Asia, with a lot of different e-com uh, and got to the point where I was like, well, what am I doing for the rest of my life? What kind of projects do I want to work on? Um, and then you know, Viva... Me. Yeah, Viva, Viva was starting as a um, like a basically a more traditional finance kind of platform. We were going to run a fund and, and, and whatnot. And then we got into um, crypto, not by accident, but by some introductions to see, you know, if the market, if there was demand and whatnot. And, you know, speaking with Justin and we kind of partnered and, and got onto the, you know, where we are now, but we had no idea that crypto had so much demand and we'd, you know, bitten off a little bit more than we can chew. But man, now, now that we've, you know, we're in it, it's become our whole life, you know? So we, a couple of months ago, we decided to not do traditional finance anymore because as I was saying, it comes down to that belief about money and whatnot. So we're hundred percent crypto now. And uh, that's kind of how it came to be. But most of my life, most of my adult life has been living international in various countries rather than one country. So I've got a pretty, pretty diverse view on the world. Where are you at now, Mike, Omar? I'm in uh, Mexico, Merida, uh, which is a couple hours from Cancun at the moment. You, you, the way you describe kind of all the places that you live, it, I mean, you're like that, uh, that movie, not the movie star. You're just the, the main character in any movie. You know, I've got a flight going to Malta and then uh, Mexico. And that's pretty fascinating. Oh, that's, that's good times, man. These days it's about following freedom and, and, you know, there's a lot of COVID issues and so on. So making sure you can be uh, where you want to be, but that's what, um, you know, that's all I re- we're really doing now is just helping people have a better quality life and supporting entrepreneurship and innovation. And that's at the heart, what crypto is really, it's just giving people the power back to themselves as individuals rather than, you know, big corporations kind of running the show. And that's why it's inspiring, you know, what we're, uh, the people that we seem to be attracting and what we're doing. It's a lot of fun. You know, Mary can attest to that. Some of the people we speak to, are, they're just awesome humans and they just want help, you know, as opposed to uh, the classic, you know, pick up the phone to the stockbroker and get abused and then try and bottom <laughs> off some dodgy penny stock. <laughs> you just, you just oh. feel like you're like, what happened? This felt yeah. so wrong. This was exactly. so wrong. <laughs> It was definitely a good movie that one. Yes, oh, yes, that was yes, a great yes. movie. That was a great movie. Okay, I so I want here- you to keep sending them and I want you to double it every few minutes until we pass out. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're talking about Wolf on Wall Street for those of you who yes. don't know. Yes. So, okay, here, here's a couple of questions that my wife has uh, and I'm going to kind of rapid fire. So okay. I, I go to set up. I want to, I wanna, I, you've convinced me. Okay, now I want to, I want to, purchase some Bitcoin or I want to invest in, in some cryptocurrency, do I need to set up an e-wallet or, or is it, am I just submitting cash somewhere? And what's the, what's the trade to, Oh God, I I should have written these down. What's the trade to pay out or trade to sell timeline? Like 
I, I guess in stocks it's a it's a T plus three or or in in mutual yeah. funds it's a T plus one. I don't know. What's what? How does that work in uh, in crypto? Yeah, settlement <clears throat> settlement takes like ten minutes or something like that. It's ridiculously fast compared to traditional traditional finance. And that's so. I want to so- trade or or sell or whatever. I can get that money in 10 minutes. Oh, I mean, even quicker, like depends how fast the transaction has. Yeah. It, it, it also it, depends it, on yeah. the coin, but some coins are a bit faster than others. You can get some that are like literally within 30 seconds to a minute. Just wow. depends. Wow. Okay. But the first step is always, um, is, is always having a think first on, do you want to, do you want to go down the rabbit hole and do it yourself? Or do you want to get stuff done for you? That's always the key decision maker in the beginning. And, and the reason is here's probably the biggest mistake that everybody makes, which is, you know, a good place to, to start is in, when it comes to like traditional stock market or mutual funds, you put your money in, banks are secure. You've had it so good for so long with money that, you know, you think everything's safe, but in crypto, the number one thing is security and custody is not losing your money. So you probably, see it every every week we get a story at least justin someone's been hacked they've lost their crypto um they've transferred it to the wrong address it's been stolen like their hardware devices have been hacked their wallets don't work you know these are the problems that people have that they don't realize they're going to have until it's too late um so step one is to go right well you know do i want to just go out there and buy it myself and you know it's kind of like having cash under the mattress and that's fine you're probably comfortable with some money, maybe a couple of grand, 10 grand, you know, when it goes too high, then you're like, well, hang on, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. And at that point, you know, that's kind of where Viva kind of steps into the picture is like, well, if your wallet becomes worth more than your house, you need professional help to store it and keep it safe. So you don't get hacked. You know, if somebody knows where you live and they know you've got half a million dollars on a, you know, a wallet in your in your drawer, you know, you've got to make sure you know who your friends are. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, so that would be step one. But in regards to just playing around and getting the experience, yeah, go out, open up a wallet, get a, get some, buy some online, spend a hundred bucks, learn how it all works. But send some money an answer, to, Scott, to your friend. You, you have yeah. either a wallet or it sits on an exchange. Okay. An exchange would be like E-Trade. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can hold money on E-Trade. Right. Would Coinbase be an example of yes. of that? Okay. Coinbase is an exchange. I just need to figure out how to get in. Yeah. And so <laughs> you either have it on an exchange, which we do not recommend. Literally, exchanges are the number one place people get hacked. Literally, oh. <laughs> billions of dollars have been hacked off of exchanges. Or you then you transfer it to some wallet, whether that's on your phone or it's a, a they have little like hardware USB devices. That could be an, a wallet as well. And that's it's it's a wallet just like your wallet in your pocket. Sure. So depending on your security, it can be picked. Gotcha. Okay. Chris, do you have any questions? Well, I have an interesting business uh, proposition for you guys. So, <laughs> so, and I would do this. Chris, for is, very... our, our, Chris is our entrepreneur. No, I only strip on the weekends, man. <laughs> <laughs> Chris has this... about 16 LLCs under his belt. You know, he's got uh, reselling and, and hoarding and all sorts of stuff. But what we also know with investing, if if Chris is invested in anything, whether it's cryptocurrency, well, this is this is what I was getting to, Scott. Stocks, this is, whatever. This is, hey, okay, well, hey, don't, don't throw off my pitch. This is a good. Okay, pitch. sorry, my bad. Go ahead. So I will work with you guys and your clients, however, in any form. I don't know the legality of this because it's it could be considered insider trading. But whenever I sell a stock or cryptocurrency, it reaches an all time high, usually the day or a week after. So I'd be willing to tell you guys ahead of time what I'm selling, and then you guys can go ahead and buy that for your clients. So then you, they can reap in the benefits of the. Uh, of the gains. Any type oh, of guest that we have on, I love it. 
no, uh, any type of guests that we have come it's, it's on a little depressing actually. who deal with fight because he got into real estate or, or real estate investing or something and then got out of it and then the week later uh, boom and then dogecoin you did the same thing right chris oh sure yeah so the, uh, that's one of the other things so i you know my background isn't as you know knowledgeable as your guys how hypothetically speaking how can i convince or a person how could a person convince their fiance to i don't know take the money they have set aside for a wedding and invest every penny of that into dogecoin and and what if her name was emily hypothetically just speaking hypothetically, yeah just, just hypothetically speaking just spitballing here i, I would highly recommend against that um I, I'm, we're gonna cut this out we're gonna cut this out scott, scott <laughs> mark, mark this at uh 13 minutes we're gonna cut this out i, I mean dogecoin is 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 there's no use case for it it's literally propped up by the fact that people like it because it was created as a joke right and so right. over time that's just going to go down to nothing because it's not serving the world in any real way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it, it, I mean, people have made money. Trust me, I've, I've, I've met some people that have made significant returns on it, but it was kind of like one of those pump and dumps uh, that you would see in traditional markets in like penny stocks. Uh, the company's worth crap. There's nothing there. The financials are just horrible and it gets pumped up based on, you know, other people talking about it. I mean, hell, Elon Musk was talking about it. So I'm sure he probably pumped it up so he could sure. make a bit of cash. So now here's a good question for people who don't know because uh there's a lot of my friends who who value dogecoin and bitcoin as the same thing so what's the biggest difference between a coin like dogecoin and like one that you would you know, sell to one of your clients Doge. it's it's doge French. isn't it's doge it's like doge. Doge. It's, the, it's the it's let's just call it doge the major difference is like i said um, Bitcoin is, is uh, was the original, but also it's it, it basically solved a problem that has existed in the financial systems for as long as we can remember, and that was double spend. So, for instance, when you put your money into a bank right now, they will loan out ten times, twenty times whatever you gave them. That's called fractional reserve banking. It's what they do. You can't do that in crypto. Um, literally, the the network itself um, has to validate any transaction. So if I said, I'm sending you one Bitcoin and I was gonna send that same Bitcoin somewhere else, the network would not allow that. They would go, uh-uh, you just sent one. So, you know, it's gotta be that first transaction or, you know, something like that. So the network is constantly keeping a check on everybody. It's a trustless system. So you and I don't have to know each other and I can send you the money and it, it'll all work. And that's what Bitcoin solved was this massive double spend uh, that you have issues with, with traditional banking. That was huge. And it created blockchain, which was an immutable ledger. And that ledger is held on many different computer systems all over the world. So if my computer went down, it doesn't matter. There's still a ledger that is represented right, right. somewhere else. So it's never centralized to a point where like right now, if a bank, if we did, I don't know, blew up a bank computer and it's where they had all the transactions, you realize how much problems they would have because it's all centralized. It's in one spot. So gotcha. they decentralized it. And so now anyone, any one of us could be a user on a network that helps supports it, you know, running uh, nodes. That's what they call them. You have nodes on, on a network and that basically helps run traffic and they get a part of those transaction fees. So like I told you, there's still a fee in transferring that billion dollars right. that's going to the people who are actually having servers that support the network so that you're able to do the transactions. Simple way to look at it is, you know, what's behind it versus then just looking at a number on a screen, right. you know, what, what's the difference between. Apple as a stock and a company with the iPhone 
and Enron, you know, the power company. You know, back in the day, Enron was super successful, but there was nothing there. It was a hollow business of accounting. And then eventually it went under. You know, Dogecoin is identical. There's nothing behind it, but right now it's still going to be there until it's not. I've got one last question um, sure. before we go to break. So, uh, and I'm going to try to phrase this correctly. My wife gave me this earlier. So if we if we sell a stock and uh, there's a huge gain on it, obviously we have to pay, pay taxes. There's the short-term gains and the long-term or, or whatever. Who knows if I got that right? What type of tax liability or whatever goes with the cryptocurrency? Yeah, that's handled so many different ways. Yeah, it's a big... Um, yeah. it's a big <laughs> Is that a big question? Now. My bad. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of different ways to handle it. So... The short answer, and I know Omar's going to answer it one way. I'll tell you a different answer in the sense of if you're a U.S. citizen and you're here in the United States, it's considered property. It's not currency. So you still have capital gains that are going to be on it. And the IRS right now is wanting you to report those transactions. Even if you swap from Bitcoin to Ethereum, that's a taxable event in their eyes and you have to report it to them. I mean, that's it. That's it. it, it Bitcoin or cryptocurrency as a, an industry depending on what government around the world uh it's depending on their perception they have created infrastructure on you know how would how would they treat it so for example in the usa it's classified as property therefore you have capital gains tax between 20 to 37 percent depending on how long you hold it in el salvador that country has now the government has said well it's a currency so it's not a capital gains event so it depends where you're at uh, what country you're in and this is why you know we help with investors because the the short answer is how do you save tax and crypto is to get out of the US when you're investing because here is not the smart place to be. You know, you want to be incorporated in a country that is not going to take 37% of all your money for doing nothing. Like, I mean, I don't know about you, but would you, you know, if you had the choice of not paying tax on crypto or paying 37%, what would you rather do? You I'd know? run for president of the United States. Exactly. <laughs> <We're back now>. <laughs> <laughs> Go Scott. <laughs> so how, how could, uh, how could our listeners get a hold of you guys uh, or, or, start doing some business with you guys what's the best way to get in contact yeah, with you? Uh, yeah why don't you run down uh how they can get a hold of us and all the fun things that we yeah, do look, just get know. educated is number one our website is vivacapital.io uh and you know google viva capital and you'll see what we will see it's come up a bunch of articles and free videos um, we've got a, a free facebook group called the holistic wealth club um, so search that up on um, facebook and you'll see you can jump in and there's a bunch of free video courses on how to save tax how to structure how to get started all of that stuff so they're probably the best ways or you can just stalk mary and and tell well, her no but that's that's us. the weird that's the weird thing omar because it's like okay what do you want to do well go to a website call that number guess who you're gonna talk to yes <laughs> talk to mary <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying so it's just kind of weird to be on a show where you're like yeah it's almost it like getting touched her. see that girl right over there yeah just contact mary <laughs> <laughs> it's just so it's so not the norm it's that's it's, so funny yeah that's so then mary mary what's the best way to get a hold of you <laughs> Because I'm still trying to figure out the best way to get a hold of you. Uh, you Listen, know, I get I ghosted on a regular I, basis. I screen my calls. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I respond. I've gotten so much better at responding to your calls and texts. I have. That's debatable. I well, thanks, I guys. This was this was super better. fascinating. Uh, we appreciate it. As always, please make sure you connect with us. Our link tree uh, link is in the episode description, the show notes. If you're listening to Apple, make sure you give us a review. Check out our merchandise. Our links are right there in the link tree uh, description at the bottom. For Mary, Chris, I'm Scott. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Okay, bye. Bye.